Good morning, all. It's good to see all of you here today. Today is a special day. We have Brian and Eva Seymour with us, and um, I won't take a lot to introduce them um, because that's what they're going to do all this first hour here this morning. Um, so at this time, let us have a word of prayer together, and um, we'll just turn it right over to them. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for your goodness. We pray now that you will be with us, be with Brian and Eva as they share with us their testimonies, their story, and how you are working in their lives. Lord, may we be encouraged and challenged. We pray in your name. Amen. Good morning. It's good to be here. I'll introduce myself and my family. I am Brian Seymour. And then I have my wife, Eva, just turned around and wave, did the princess wave. And then uh, Isabel, where's Isabel? Oh, anyway, well, my oldest, oh, she's back there finding something. And then there's, uh, Isabel is the oldest, she's nine, and then Cosette is seven, Eliana is five, and Liam is just turned two in October, so he's crazy, but... Uh, I had the three girls, I thought they were energetic, and then I had a boy, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, they are different, so. <laughs> I mean, we all knew that, but. So I will have my wife come up and share her testimony first, and I'll do crowd control, and then um, I'll come up and share my testimony, and then, it's a little weird for me, but even I usually share a little bit about CBF and what it is, but I'm sure you all know everything, and, and, and the fact that we have the Gigrics here is, little daunting, but we're going to share our perspective of what CBF is, and then you can open it up, for, and then we'll open it up for questions if we still have time. Hello, my name is Eva Seymour. My name before I got married was Eva Nicodemus, and uh, my parents were missionaries to Venezuela, South America. We started out... Um, we started out with New Tribes Mission, and then halfway through my life, we switched to Baptist Mid Missions, and we did deputation for four years, and went back to Venezuela. So I've raised support before, <laughs> no, um, but that was when I was a child. Just because I was raised in a missionary home did not automatically make me a believer. And my parents, we lived in an Indian village when I was a little girl, the Panade tribe. And we did go to Panade services, but I do not recall getting a whole lot out of them. And so um, the men would sit on one side of the church, the women would sit on the ground with their children, and never the twain mixed, so that's kind of how their services went. And my parents did family devotions with us, and sometimes even Sunday school in English, so that we were also learning about the Lord. And we did Keys for Kids, and it, at the end of a key, at the end of a lesson, there's a key, and the key this particular day was the ABCs of salvation. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You need to admit that you're a sinner, believe that Christ died and rose again for your sins, and confess that he is your Savior. And she asked my brother and I if we wanted to do that, and I remember understanding that I needed Christ as my Savior and asking him to forgive me. Um, when I was six, we moved, to, well, five, we moved to town, and my dad did more support work kind of from town, uh, Puerto Ricucho in Venezuela. And um, I remember hearing a service in English um, about Christ's death, and 
rededicating my life to the Lord, just kind of unsure of um, whether or not I knew what I was talking about. Um, we moved to, back to America when I was eight, and I was a very pensive eight-year-old, I would say, and <laughs> introspective, and I would wonder if God was really real, if life was really worth it, if... Um, I would say depressed little child. And then my parents joined Baptism in Missions and we left everything familiar to travel from church to church to church to church um, to visit churches. And it did one, well, it did several things. One, I had no stability except the Lord and my family. And so I, and then it also introduced me to a variety of different Christians. So I would meet people and I would think, oh, they, so in the church we went to in Pennsylvania, if someone went forward during a, 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 what do you call this, invitation, I thought, well, only one lady ever did, and she was a little bit crazy. And so, but I would go to churches and people would go forward, and this really changed their lives and, and such like that. And so I thought, oh, well, this is different. I, I could do this kind of Christianity. And then other churches it wouldn't be that way, and I'd be like, oh, no. I don't want to be a Christian like this. <laughs> and so I had that opportunity, which was, I think, a gift. I also started reading missionary biographies. Um, some missionary biographies that impacted my life were not the ones I read to begin with. They were ones that were shared with me um, through VBSs or, um, or even just in junior church type style. Um, the one I remember first was Hudson Taylor, shared rather unwillingly by a college student and yet still made an impact. It doesn't matter necessarily how willing you are, but God can still use that. Another one was um, the story of John and Betty Stam, and I just couldn't get over the fact that they died. And um, I thought, and also I'd read a lot of missionary biographies by that time, and a lot of them glorified, um, kind of, and I felt like this was presented as a pretty realistic um, understanding of who a person could be and then become a missionary. And God used that in my life to draw me to himself such that I began to read my Bible for myself every day. I began to pray, and God became more than just someone I heard about at church. He was my very best friend. And, and when you're traveling and you have nothing else, it's nice to have a friend who never changes, never leaves. You're always there. So um, I took the verse that Betty Stam had her life first, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And I wanted my life to count. I wanted it to count from as early on as I could. God had to do a lot of work in my life. I had some areas of bitterness um, that pretty much took my whole life to work through. So um, just God continually showing me that um, I needed him. Well, I wanted to be a missionary back in Venezuela because that's where we were. And Venezuela closed. There's no missionaries aren't allowed in Venezuela anymore. Um, I don't even think you can visit from America to Venezuela. So that is a closed country. And so when I went to Bible college, I went to college in, Arizona, in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada. I went to a small institute called Emmanuel Baptist Bible Institute in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada. My dad's Canadian, so that's why we were in Canada. And... Um, I studied missions, and then I went to International Baptist College in Arizona, 
and I studied teaching, and then I taught in a Christian school in South Texas. I thought maybe I could teach missionary kids, but until then, I was content to teach school, Christian school. And so I met Brian, and Brian, when I met him in Utah, our friend set us up. I went to Utah to visit a friend, and he was in North Carolina. He went to Utah to visit a friend, the same friend. (laughs) And um, so my friend married his friend, and that's how. Um, And so... Brian showed interest in, in dating me, and so we dated on Facebook. <laughs> and, and then um, started getting serious, but Brian's health was very bad. We got married in 2013. I thought when I married Brian that I would be working full-time the rest of my life and that I would also be raising my children and Brian would be not able to help with very much with either one of those things. And I thought, well, Lord... I thought you wanted me to be a missionary, (laughs) and yet I feel that you're guiding me to marry Brian, and I don't see missions in our future at all, because he's not well, and um, so God impressed upon this, my heart, this poem, which is not scripture, but um, in the poem, the person says, um, God, I'll serve you anywhere, just show me where, and Love flowed full and free, and God says, well, here's a little place, tend to that for me. And he says, oh, no, why no one would ever see. And God says, well, check your heart. Are you serving them or me? Nazareth was a little place, and so was Galilee. So I took that as if, the, if no one ever knew, but I just served my family, then that's what I would do. And so... <laughs> must be emotional from something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And so that's why I married Brian, and then I loved him too. But but that's why I felt like I could do it with a clear conscience and still not be out of God's will with missions. And um, we got married, and I thought, well, we won't be missionaries. So we took the funds that we had, and we started supporting missionaries financially. And we supported them, and felt we had them over at each, every chance we could. We went to Baptist Wind Missions conferences because we were both Baptist Wind Missions missionary kids. And we would do that just to kind of get our kids around missions. We wanted to be involved in missions. And then we, um, Brian was challenged to pray Matthew 9.38 at 9.38 in the morning. And so um, we, he started doing that, and then he started telling me that he was going to be a missionary. We were going to be missionaries. <laughs> but, but... In our relationship, I am very realistic, and Brian's a dreamer. (laughs) I'm a pessimist, Brian would say. (laughs) And Brian's a dreamer. So um, I, you know, Brian's dreamt a lot of things. (laughs) I didn't believe him at all. And so, um, but then God worked, and and, uh, when we contacted the mission about areas that we can be involved in, they asked us, well, how are you involved in your local church? And what are you interested in? What are your burdens? What is your passion? And the thing that Brian really loves is one-on-one discipleship and groups discipleship. And that was what he was already doing in the local church. And we always had people over to our house. We did life together with a lot of people. And as you do life together, conversations come up and you're able to minister to people that way. And, and they felt like CBF would be a good fit. And we grew to love CBF. We visited the Gigrics, and God really challenged our hearts. Brian may share more exactly how that happened, but um, that's my testimony.
So I'll, I'll try to be quick. I'm not looking at my phone just for the time. I don't know if there's a, it's a glare back there, so. Um, yeah, I grew up in the mission, on the mission field. My parents were in Africa, and my grandparents were in Africa at the same time. They were finishing up. I think they were off the field. I think they had retired in about 1990, and my parents had started. I went out in 1983 with my parents. My brother was actually born there. So I joke with him, he's the whitest African I know, but uh, unfortunately at that time, Chad did not do dual citizenship. Apparently now I think you can get dual citizenship, but it's, I'm sure, way too late for him. But I always thought that would be cool if you could be a citizen of Chad and the U.S. But anyway, and then my great-grandparents were also missionaries in Chad, Africa. At that time, it would have been French Equatorial Africa, but they were one of the first missionaries that went out with William Haas back in the... 1920s. So I come from a very rich uh, missionary family heritage, but as Eva said, just because your parents are Christians and your grandparents are Christians and your great-grandparents didn't, doesn't mean you're just automatically in the fold. And so I had to make the decision to accept Christ as my Savior as well. I remember we were traveling. I don't remember where we were traveling, but it was in March. And I just asked my mom, hey, how do you, how do you get to heaven, mom? And so Dad pulled the car over. He took my brother somewhere. It was a rest area, I think. And um, the only verse I remember, I'm sure my mother shared more, but was John 3:16. And I, I was like, no, I, I can accept that. I could. I knew I was a sinner. Not that I'd committed that many sins at six, but you know, I, uh, I knew the things that I had done wrong and the ways I had sinned against God. And I was like, you know, if God loved me that much to come and die on the cross, then. I can accept that. And I just remember the peace and the joy that flooded my soul. But as Eva said, you know, if you, until you make it your own and read your Bible and pray and have a relationship, it, it, doesn't, ch- it doesn't change you as much as it, it could. So all that joy and that peace, you know, when, it's, when you're not in communion and when you're not in fellowship with your Heavenly Father, stagnates. And... I also let some bitterness and anger, some things that had happened. And um, by the time I got to college, I felt like my prayers were hitting the ceiling. And I was like, well, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, which on the outside probably, but the heart was, uh, was definitely angry and bitter. And at the end of my college career, I was living off campus at this time. And I walked out of my, uh, the house we were, <laughs> I was renting with five other guys. And there was a city bus coming up the hill, and I remember just saying to myself, you know, who would miss me? Why would it matter? I'll just figure out if heaven's real. But one, I have a very, very, very healthy fear of pain. And then I was like, if the bus doesn't kill me, then I'm going to be mutilated, and that does not sound like fun. And so I didn't, but after the bus passed, I looked up, and I put my fist in the air, and I said, just leave me alone. I want nothing to do with you. I hate you. And he did. When it says quench not the spirit, don't do that. Um, It was almost this audible just silence. Like, have you ever been so silent you can hear it? Like, it was just the Holy Spirit was like, fine, I'll let you do what you want. And um, (laughs) there was part of me that was like, yes, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. And um, rage quit my job like two months later because 
you know, when you live by your emotions, that's what you do. I was like, I'll show him. And then I didn't get a job. Then my roommates were like, hey, we need money. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have any. And um, my parents were back from the field at that point. So I called home. I was like, can I move home? And at first, my mom was like, uh, no. My dad talked her into it. And um, I think he knew more. He could probably tell more. But um, it was just not a fun time. I just remember there was still that conviction. But I was like, I had just pushed it down for so long. And I, I was so hard. And um, so as much as I feel bad about being emotional, I'm not, I don't feel bad because I was so hard. I was not emotional. And um, slowly but surely, the Lord worked in my heart. I moved back to Winston because they were in Pennsylvania at the time, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I started going to church. A friend of mine invited me to like a church plant slash church revitalization that he was doing with another pastor. And um, I remember the first Sunday I get there, he introduces me to the pastor. And, and the first thing out of my mouth was like, I'm just here to sit. Don't ask me to do anything. Because <laughs> I knew there were about 15 to 25 members on a given Sunday. And I knew I was like, small church, they're going to ask me to fill in somewhere. I just, I just needed that time to, to grow, figure it out. And it, I could see the pastor was visibly like taken aback. And my friend was just like, Okay, Brian. So, but eventually, um, the Lord worked, and I started filling in and serving again. But I think the biggest thing was there was a guy in the church who he was in the Marine Corps. He uh, he had interesting verbiage that I was told that Christians don't use, and he uh, did other things that I was told that Christians don't do. And yet, he and I, when he got, I got to know him. And he would pray or tell me about his prayer requests, things he was going through. And I, I'd get, we'd get done with the prayer, and I'd be like, you, you, can't, you can't talk to God like that. And he'd look at me and be like, well, if I can't talk to God like that, who can I talk to? How, who else can I say it to? And I'm like, and in that moment, I was like, he has a relationship that I've never had. And I was like, I may not agree with the things he does. I may not do the things he does, but his relationship with God is real. And we started to search the scriptures together for things. We would get our strongest concordances out. We both had graduated. Well, I had not graduated at that point from Piedmont, but we'd both gone to Piedmont. So we had a lot of Bible knowledge and we just searched the scriptures together. And it was such a time of fellowship. And, you know, it's just interesting. Again, I don't espouse the things he did or, or said and the way he said them, but the way he talked to God was just that friendship, just poured his heart out, and I had never done that. And, you know, as you search the scriptures, you realize God is our Father. If you, like he said, if you can't tell him what you're going through, he already knows it, trust me. You know, who else can you tell? And that, for me, was just, and then he gave me a book. He got, it was called... Um, Disappointment with God by Philip Yancey. And he never answers the question of why we're disappointed with God. He just gives a bunch of examples and how you can go to scripture. But he never answers the question, which was a little frustrating for me. Because I'm like, oh, let me find, well, how do we help this? But he brought out the book of Job. And I love the book of Job. I used to hate it. I'll be honest, I hated it because I thought it was a vindictive God. I'm like, God just 
took Job's life and ruined it. But when you read Job with a different perspective, you realize that, yeah, it has nothing to do with Job, but Job's character shines through. And then at the end, God doesn't answer the question for Job of why he went through it. We get to see that. But God's just like, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? You know, where were you when I did this? And Job, by the time God gets done speaking, Job's like, you're right, you're right. I don't, you know, I just, my goal is to glorify you. And that just, I realized that, yes, I can be disappointed with God, but what do I do with that? Do I turn it into anger and bitterness, or do I say, okay, Lord, I may not understand, but how can I glorify you through it? And so I remember it was about, I think, 2009, and I just, I'm in my parents' basement. They were on a trip to visit a church, and I just remember sobbing in my basement and falling on my knees and saying, all right, Lord, I surrender. And the Lord started breaking down strongholds of sin in my life and just really did work. But there were still some things that I had to deal with. But when I, And so when I married Eva, I was still coming through all of these things and I knew she was super conservative because her friend was super conservative and I was and plus I hated being set up I was how old was I at 2011 I've been like 29 and uh, <laughs> my parents had tried to set me up and I'm just like they'd be like oh it's a lovely girl and I'm like well it must be the personality because I didn't think she was all that lovely but um, and I just I'm like I don't want to be set up I'm not desperate for a wife I'm not like so my friend was like, hey, by the way, my, my wife's inviting her best friend. And I knew immediately because she'd tried before. I was like, I don't want to go to Utah. But I was like, but I really want to see my friend. So fine. So I said I would not go out of my way to talk to Eva. She was of the opinion that if the guy didn't speak to her, she didn't have to speak to him. So we, would, we were nice to each other. But um, she did think that I was cute or handsome. But uh, I was just like, yeah, she's pretty, but again, I don't, want, I don't want anything to do with that. But I did Facebook friend her, and then it turned into more, and uh, now we're married. We have four beautiful children, and like Eva said, I was very, very sick. Um, in fact, I could barely get off the couch, and then by the end of the... By the end of, like, 2014, 2015, I was passing out almost every single day, um, no idea why. And uh, Eva was like, you know, there's a doctor. She had mentioned it before, but I wasn't ready. But now I'm like, okay, fine. So we went to the doctor and a lot of, a lot of great help. And um, I'm much, much better. But um, stress still affects me, so I have to watch my stress levels. So if there's one thing you could be praying for, that would be it. Just the travel really takes a toll, and then you go right back to work the next day. Um, not always, but I try to. And so that's one thing you guys can be praying for. But I am much, much healthier. And because of that, like Eva said, we, we would go to Baptist mid-conferences, and then I got challenged to pray Matthew 9:38, the Lord of the harvest. And I'd always pray it, Lord, send laborers. You know, we need laborers. I was laboring in my local church, and then finally one day it was like the Lord was like, hey, Brian, what about you? I'm like, yeah, but my health issues, you know, because I always thought I'd go back to Africa because that's where, you know, I'd be the fourth generation missionary in Africa and, you know, that'd be really cool and all the Seymours have always gone to Africa. And um, when we went to Baptist Mid and said, hey, where could you use us? You know, that's a, mission, that's a mission agency's dream, you know. 
And uh, they were like, CBF. And I was like, well, okay. I've never, I mean, I'd heard of it, but hadn't really researched it, didn't know much about it. And, uh, at, and like Eva said, as we got to know it, it was everything I was already doing. I love small group Bible studies. I've got a group of guys that we try to meet once or twice a month. We just do life together. I encourage them. I have a, a chat group. We, I'll send dad jokes and I'll send Bible verses and encourage them. And yeah, no, the dad jokes are just like, oh, it's Brian again. <laughs> but um, and then just having people in our home and and they're like, oh, that's CBF right there. And I was like, okay, Lord. So we uh, they gave us a couple choices and we we came over here to the, visit the Gigricks and. Um, we were leaving the next day. We'd spent two or three days with him. And I looked at Eva last February, and I was like, this is where God wants us. So um, so great to be here. And again, I could present CBF. We have It's 10.15. We, he told me hard stop at 10.30. He'd like get out the crowbar and shoo me off stage. But uh, um, Eva and I's goal is to raise our sport as quickly as possible, so y'all can help note, and uh, to get here so Steve and Charlene, we can uh, minister with them. We love the team aspect. They like the idea of a team aspect. Um, so you can be praying for that, that we can raise our sport quickly. Even I also love the idea that CBF ties into the local church, and I love the, the fact that there's about six churches in the area. There's a liaison committee. You guys are, I've heard you guys are very tied in with the ministry. That is great. Because CBF is not a parachurch, you know, it's tied back to the local church. Um, and then we love the idea of the hospitality. I really, really like meeting random people that I have no idea who they are. That just makes my day. Um, so I, I drive for Uber, love it. And I meet random people every single day. And um, most of them don't say a word to me. Sometimes I initiate the conversation. I have tracks, and I'll pass them out or ask them, you know, what do they know about the Lord? But So I love the, the evangelistic side of CBF as well. And then just the small group Bible studies, the one-on-one -on -one time. I'm really, really excited about that. And um, Eva's excited to use some of her gifts. She's um, done a little bit with ESL, which is English as a Second Language. So there would definitely be that opportunity. Um, and then just being able to have young ladies over to the house. Um, am I missing anything, honey? Okay. Yeah, do you, anybody have any questions? And if I don't know the answer, I refer it to Steve. No. <laughs> well, if there are no questions, I'll turn it back over to Pastor Wesco. Oh, wait, no, there is one. So, yeah, so it's really been interesting for me. You know, I follow a couple of different personalities on Facebook or Instagram, and you see the confrontational videos. I think part of that, they try to be confrontational. Um, I have never had anybody not accept a track or not want to talk about religion. You know, of course, I want to talk about a relationship. They want to talk about religion. But it really is... I've not experienced that 
I've not had an atheist in my car, I don't think, or nobody's been like, oh, I hate Christians, you know. Um, I've never had that. I've always had, oh, well, I'll, I'll take your track, or I'll take this, I'll read it. You know, in fact, <laughs> there was, I have Spanish tracks and English tracks in my car. And so I had a young man in my car, I was dropping him off, he was getting a rental car. And I couldn't find an English track. Like, I knew I had some, but I had more Spanish ones than English ones, and I'm trying to find it. And I knew he had to get out of the car. We were at the stop. And I'm like, I am so sorry. I said, I cannot. I was like, I, you know, I told him, I was like, hey, look, you know, Christ has changed my life. I know Jesus can do the same for you. I was like, I'd love to give you something to read. He's like, oh, thank you. I'd love to read it. Well, then I can't find it. So now I'm getting all embarrassed. I'm like, I know you got to go. He's like, no. He's like, I'm not in a hurry. I will wait for you to find it. And I just, that blew me away that he would wait for me. And it probably took another 30, 40 seconds. It felt like an eternity. But I finally found an English one. I was just overlooking him in my hurry. And But he, no, he said he'd wait for it. Um, another young man who, I got the vibe he, he might um, be uh if I can, he might, he might have been homosexual. So I wasn't sure, but I just felt the Holy Spirit impressed. So we had a great conversation. And I was like, you know, Jesus Christ has totally changed my life. I was like, I know he can do the same for you. I was like, if I can, I'd love for you to take this literature, read about it. I said, but when you get out of this car, whatever you want to do with it, that's up to you. I said, but I hope you read it. And he was like, oh, I'd love to. Thank you so much for giving it to me. So like I said, I've never had anybody reject it so I think you will find I mean as I'm on campus I'm sure there'll be people that are hostile but I'd like to say it's my disarming personality but it's probably it's probably it's just it's just the Lord um, honestly um, it's, I'm sure Steve could speak more to that but I've been I, I'm on the campus of Wake Forest University which used to be a Southern Baptist well a good now it's totally pagan, but and then there's a Winston-Salem State University, and then there is Salem Girls College. Um, so I've had a lot of opportunities with young people, and none of them have been hostile to this point. Yes, sir. We so we just got out of candidate school, which is kind of like an orientation that BMM does. You learn all about what the mission is, and that was in July, the end of July, and uh, we took the whole month of August, we didn't try to schedule any meetings or call any churches, well, I think I set up some meetings, but they were for farther out, and um, we just took the month of August to get a prayer card, get a prayer letter done, get our display stuff ordered, so we, our first meeting was September 24th, and then we went to Canada for about three weeks, Canada and Maine in October, and now we're here, and so we just, we've only been at it for about a month, month and a half, and um, we're at about 12 and a half percent. Well, we've got a couple people that said they'll start in January, and that'll be about 12 and a half percent, so, yeah. So I feel, I feel pretty good about that since we just started, so, but. Yes, sir. I'd like to start a small group discussion about 
So, um, mine, the small group of guys that I have at my church, it was more of, I wanted just to do some really quick devotionals, so I would just put together just something that I had read in my devotions or something the Lord had challenged me from the, because we, we usually only meet about every three to four weeks. Um, so I would just pick some, ask them how they're doing in their spiritual lives. Um, I Lately, uh, somebody gave me, I think it's, uh, I think it's Lee, Ad no, it's not Lee Adams. There was uh, someone else with CBF. I'm terrible with names. And um, his wife and another friend had transcribed all of his notes and all of his Bible study materials when he was in CBF. So I have a massive folder I mean years there's years of Bible studies and it's it's all for Christian living there's theology so I've used some of his notes and then just kind of tweaked them to to my taste and and um, I've used that a couple of times at this small group Bible study um, that's kind of what I've done I, I'm going when I went to Piedmont I took a couple years of pastoral theology and then just hammered home being uh, expository. So if you just, I mean, go through a book. That's what I would say, pick a book. Or you can pick a topic, but try to be expository, like find in Romans where maybe sin, or Romans with grace, or was that maybe Galatians? You know, just go, th but just go through the passage. Don't, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of book studies as far as like you get a book and they ask a bunch of questions. Just go to, that's what I do. I go to the Word. And I look into, I just bring out what the passage says. Um, I mean, you got all, I use a Bible Hub. If you don't have Bible Hub, I would highly recommend that. It has a ton of different resources. There's commentaries. There's, you can look at the Greek. You can look at the Hebrew. I mean, you can do a side-by-side -side comparison. So I really like Bible Hub. Um, and that's, that might be a little different than someone else might do it, but I, for me, when you do a, like if you pick a book, not that there aren't good books out there, just, I like to just go back to the Bible and bring out what it says and encourage the guys that I have, um, so. Yes, sir. So, when you get your book, what does, like, a typical, how does ministry work, like? Well, that is a great question, and that is why CBF's policy is you sit under a missionary with a CBF missionary for at least a year, that's the goal, and to learn the ropes, basically, from them. Um, so that's what Eve and I are trying to do. Hopefully, we can raise our support quickly, and we can partner up with Steve and Charlene. I would love to be Steve's gopher, just have him tell me what to do and where to go, and, and I'll just... I'll let him do the heavy work for the for a little bit and uh, just learn from him. Um, but from what I've seen, the couple times we've been here with Steve and Charlene is um, other than the Bible studies and the prep time, which you know that that comes with the territory. It's just it's just a lot of you know attending to the students' needs, figuring out what needs done on you know some of it. Steve's run students around if they need help with something. Maybe they have a couple questions. Um, Charlene does a lot of Bible studies, I've noticed. Steve does too, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, 
I would love to see more church participation. So even I will, that's one thing that even I would really like to do is to encourage you guys to help us with more of the one-on-one -on -one discipleship aspect. You know, as, as one person, you know, maybe as a team it'll be easier, but eventually even I are going to be the only ones here in the sense of the CBF missionaries unless God um, calls some others to help partner with us. But that's where you guys come in as a church. You know, if you, if you guys want to do one-on-one -on -one discipleship, you guys want to help out with Bible studies, um, I would love to see it grow even bigger. And just, But you can only handle so much. I mean, Steve and Charlene are only able to do so much. I can only do so much. Eva can only do so much. So, you know, if you have 50, 60, 70, 80 kids, you can't disciple every one of them. You just don't have that much time in the day. Um, and then Eva's, you know, with the kids at home and homeschooling, or I'm sure there are some Christian schools. We haven't figured all that out yet, but we'll get there. But yeah, um, a typical day, I would say, would just, you wake up and you hit go. <laughs> just studying. I think the biggest thing would be just studying prayer to begin your day, and then um, just, I'm sure they have a schedule. I'm sure they have, I I don't know what it all entails. Um, all right, parties, no. Oh yeah, setting up the table on campus, being on campus, being visible, yeah. So I'll, I'll learn all this, so. So that's how they bring, that's how they kind of bring people in that they have like a presence on the campus. Right. You guys have, do you guys do a once a week or once a month or do you guys, I don't, every CBS missionary does it differently. We've been a couple different ones. Um, I don't know, do you guys do a table at IUSB every, twice a week? Okay, well there you go. I've been going here for a year, that's what I've seen a long time ago, Okay, we were with another couple and they do it once a week. So like I said, everybody, I think the Abernathy's do it. Oh, they, okay, never mind, I don't know. <laughs> See? So, if you guys are, if you guys have some time in the middle of your day, and you want to help out with that, that would be awesome. But, yeah, so twice a week. There we go. And then Steve has some contacts. He, I might try to do this. He 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 joined the the gym there. I think it was IUSB, right? Yeah, just to be around students. I could probably do that. I could stand to trim this. Trim the trim the fat down, but uh, that's a great way. I mean, he's made some contacts that way. Um, I love to play board games. That'll come out a little bit in my sermon. I have an illustration, but um, you know, just maybe I could get a presence on campus doing getting the kids if there's a board game club, or maybe they could they could start one, and then I'd be like, hey, I have a Bible study, or hey, there's you know, just thinking outside the box. So it's almost hard break, so quick question or all right. Thank you so much. We'll just pray here and then we'll gather back here quarter till. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for the Seymours. Lord, we pray that you will be with them as they continue in deputation, as they continue to share the vision the ministry that you've called them to and are leading them in. Lord, I pray that you will help them in just this weekend in learning more of what that might look like 
Lord, we thank you for the Giegrigs. Thank you that they're able to be with us also today. Lord, we look forward to you working with us, being with us. In this day, we commit ourselves to you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.